Aloha and welcome to UHA's Connecting the Dots podcast. I'm Michael Story, a Senior Workplace Wellness Advisor at UHA. We'll be connecting the dots with some of UHA's doctors and other guests on various health and wellness topics and tips. Connecting the Dots starts now. Today, we're connecting the dots on tips to manage diabetes with nurse Doris Villarente. Doris is a registered nurse and a certified case manager with UHA Health Insurance. She's part of the RN Care Specialist team who manages the complex health care of members. She specializes in diabetes and pre-diabetes management. Doris, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. I'm encouraged that you've joined us today because diabetes is a topic that we need to talk about. According to the American Diabetes Association, over 11% of the adult population in Hawaii has been diagnosed with diabetes. And they estimate that another 39,000 people in Hawaii have diabetes but are undiagnosed. And potentially adding to these numbers, 37% of Hawaii's adult population has prediabetes. So that's a lot of numbers, but Doris, let's jump right in. Can you tell me what is diabetes? Hi, Mike. Sure. Well, we hear various things about diabetes, but basically um, the definition is it's a chronic, which is long-lasting health condition that affects how your body turns the food that we eat into energy. And there are two types, and we can just break it down to uh, two types, actually. There's the first one is uh, type one, which is the absence of insulin or the absence or lack of, and that's categorized as a type one diabetes. And type two is insulin resistant, and this is the one that majority of the population have, which means that the body has an impairment in turning the food into energy. It needs a lot of help. It needs a lot of help. And Doris, how does a person get diabetes? Well, good question, Mike. Um, genetics play a, is always um, an important factor, always plays a predisposing factor with diabetes. And warning signs, we can break it down to three, um, which we call uh, polyuria, the three Ps. It's polyuria, which frequent urination, polydipsia, increase in thirst, and polyphagia, which is in the increase in eating. Oh, that's really interesting information. So uh, it can be genetic. So it's can sometimes be not the fault of a person or anything that they do, but they may just be predisposed to having it. Exactly. Yep. When we talk about the genetics piece of it, is this only within the immediate family, like my mom and my dad, or what about my aunties or uncles? If it's in the extended family, should I be concerned? I believe so. When, uh, when you're in the hospital, they take medical history. They don't just stop at the parents. They actually ask uh, until your grandparents. So aunties and uncles, will, that information is also very important. If they have diabetes, it, it also plays a big role in your life as well. Okay. And you talked about the warning signs, frequent urination, increased thirst, increased eating. I got to be honest, mm-hmm. Doris. I have that throughout the day all the time. You know, if I'm drinking a lot, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I missed my breakfast. I mm-hmm. didn't eat, right? I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Sure, sure. What are those other signs that would be unusual for my body to exhibit? Well, you know, other warning signs such as that is um, 
you have fatigue. That's a big part of it. Mm. Um, I remember when I got diagnosed with diabetes back in early 2000, that that was the reason why I went to see my doctor is because I had such fatigue. I ate ice cream and I was sleepy for the next three days. So fatigue plays a very big factor in, um, you know, the thirst, the hunger, the peeing a lot. And you also have numbness on your numbness or tingling on your feet. And some people also have uh, weight loss. And another one also that's important is there's a slow healing of your cuts and your wounds. Uh, so this is really important to know, you know, what should I or a person do if these signs are present? Good question. Um, well, it would be very helpful if they knew, but if they don't know, we should see our doctor um, to to do additional, run additional tests to check if you have diabetes and you, you know, we can't do that unless we see, we seek medical help. And what advice would you give someone who doesn't regularly see their doctor, you know, but may exhibit some of these warning signs? Well, you know, for someone who doesn't see their doctor, there must be a reason why they don't see their doctor. So we got to come off very, um, you know, we got to tread lightly with this. We just got to tell them that, you know, hey, I'm concerned. I care and I con- I'm concerned with what's going on with you. And maybe it can help that you see a doctor and maybe also it can help that you go with them to this visit. If someone is nervous about going to the doctor or may mm. not make a visit a priority, you know, due to a busy schedule, are there home tests that can be used to help diagnose high blood sugar? Sure, they, there is. You can avail of this test at, uh, you know, our pharmacies, or maybe, you know, you can just ask one person who has diabetes, somebody that, you know, hey, can you run a test on me with your glucometer? And if you do, the numbers will run pretty high. And that probably can spark the interest to say, hey, maybe I do need to see a doctor. So if they go see that doctor and they are diagnosed with diabetes, how can someone treat or manage their diabetes? Oh, good question. Um, for somebody with diabetes, they usually manage it three ways. They, of course, medication. Um, if the person isn't too thrilled with taking medication, they might say, hey, doc, you know what? Can I just try lifestyle modification? So change the way they eat cut down on carbs, eat healthy protein, and they start exercising. So you talked earlier about genetics being a determining factor to getting diabetes. I have mm-hmm. to imagine there's also some, some things that you can do. Uh, not everything is genetic. So there must be some things that you can do to prevent diabetes. Is that accurate? And if so, what are those things? Yes, there is. Um, first of all, the first line, you know, with diabetes is what you put in your mouth. Yeah. So food plays a very big role and cutting down the carbs, which is our energy. We, we get energy from the carbs and cutting that down will help with trying to prevent diabetes. Exercising regularly is always good, even with other uh other conditions as well, and trying to keep your weight under control. I read that weight is a big, plays a big role in preventing diabetes. And so keeping it under a, in your range would be good. And also uh, another important thing is not smoking. Doris, you mentioned cutting or reducing sugar. Can I substitute with artificial sweeteners? Well, you know, that would um, actually depend on on the type of sweetness that the person likes. But from what I know as, as a clinician, 
um, you know, using these artificial sweeteners also impose another type of problem later on down the line. So instead of artificial sweeteners, we try or, you know, like um, those CDEs or registered dietitians would try to uh, go for something more natural, such as maybe honey or what. But, you know, trying to get down that sugar level is very important. And Doris, what's the difference between diabetes and prediabetes? Prediabetes is when a person's blood sugar levels are higher than normal, but not high enough to be diagnosed. And, you know, the good thing about prediabetes is studies show that it is a reversible condition. And um, people can go to a diabetes prevention program, which is a program that is designed to help reverse diabetes with lifestyle modifications, such as what we discussed earlier, like exercise and eating healthy. I like the idea that a person can go through a program, you know, with a group or with another person. So what if I think a loved one may have or be at risk for having diabetes? How can I encourage them to go see the doctor? For a loved one that you think may be at risk or have diabetes, again, showing them, letting them know that you love them first and that you care and you are concerned. I think that way, when we start off with a conversation with that, you know, it kind of helps opening it up and say that, uh, you know, I think you need to see a doctor. And also the encouragement that early detection is always best. The earlier the treatment, the better the outcome. Doris, what does UHA offer to help with diabetes or prediabetes? Oh, I love this question. UHA, we um, have, if not the richest benefits in prediabetes and diabetes here in the state of Hawaii. We cover nutritional counseling offered by major hospitals. Uh, nutritional counseling is taught by either a certified diabetes educator or a registered di- dietitian, and they will work with you to make, help you make choices and to identify your problems and gaps in your nutrition uh, to suggest ways as well to incorporate healthy foods into your lifestyle. So they're not going to tell you what to do, but they're going to work with you with what you want. And also for that um, diabetes prevention program, we participate with the National Kidney Foundation. Their program is an approved CDC program for those at risk of developing type 2. So it's for the prediabetes population. Thank you, Nurse Doris Villarente, for helping us connect the dots on tips to manage diabetes. Connecting the Dots is a UHA-sponsored podcast. If my workplace offers UHA health insurance, how do I check if my physician is part of the UHA network? Where do I go to review my health plan benefits? Can I order my prescriptions online? Do you cover telehealth appointments with my doctor? I'm a business owner. How can I get a quote for UHA health insurance? At UHA, we're here to make healthcare simple. For all these answers, just go to our website at uhahealth.com.